thank you for this Wednesday night. We thank you for our church family that's here, our community. Nothing like it, Lord. Nothing can replace it. We're so thankful for church community. We're thankful for these Wednesday nights, God. I just was talking to you about this today, Abba, and how it's more like the living room of the church, people that can fit into a living room and just really talk. It's, it's not like Sunday where we have to kind of rush in and rush out, but it's more community. We're excited about what you're going to do among us, Lord, and we welcome your Holy Spirit. We pray for strength and healing for Leanne, protection for the Clowers family, and healing for Jessica and anyone else, Lord, that's not feeling well tonight. We just pray healing and life and traveling mercies for the Vernons. In Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. So I met this young man when he was a boy, uh, Brother Keith. He went to church here as a teenager, and I don't, I don't know that I ever even had one conversation with him. He said he was shy. I don't know. We are going to podcast this. If I put anything on social media, everybody's like, please podcast that. Do it in video. I said, we're not going to do it in video, but we'll do it in audio. How does that sound? So um, I'm, I don't know, but he uh, said he was real shy as a child. I don't remember that. But he's an incredible gift to this church, if you don't know him, to the body of Christ. He's a praying man. He's a wise man. Trust me, um, he has traveled with our family, not only places, but traveled through much sorrow this last year. And uh, we've all got to know each other a lot more. And the depth of him is so unbelievable. I love his story because I think it's so encouraging how God can bring someone back on track and get them ready for what he has. So without further ado, look very alert, be responsive, get involved in it. Please welcome Michael Brown. I did bring my Chick-fil-A. This is my advertisement. Yes, it's all right. <laughs> so I'm going to do things a little different tonight. Uh, the last time I gave my testimony here was 2018, which was four years ago, and there's been a whole bunch of stuff happened in my life and everyone else's life since then, but uh, it's just a whirlwind, a change. And uh, the funny part was, uh, one little side note, is a month after I gave my testimony in uh, 2018, a month later, month or two later, I started talking, to, which is now my wife, Courtney. Uh, <clears throat> But no, God is, uh, Pastor Rhonda asked me uh, last week if I wanted to, if I would give my testimony, and I said yes. And the little side note there is, God didn't give me no time to prepare. <laughs> so we're going to wing this tonight, and it's going to be great. But, uh, but just to say, in case you haven't had the chance to meet me, my name is Michael Brown. Uh, Courtney's husband, and just to start off, I wanted to apologize for the false advertisement. If you saw my picture, uh, and you see the guy standing here, it does not look like the same person. Uh, and Courtney didn't know when she married me she was marrying a chia pit. But, uh, uh, but uh, let me just say God is constantly working on me, and uh he does have his work cut out for him, and he's uh, got a lot still to do. Uh, even though I may look like I've got it all put together, it is still not all there yet. Uh, 
But on a serious note, I do pray that each of you hear something tonight that will encourage you and God will speak to you in some way that will let you know that God is always working on you and he, he is not done with you yet. Uh, but to give you a perspective, uh, I'm 47 and we'll be sharing a little bit, bit about my past to give you the foundation of, you know, what I come from that, got, that gets me to where I am now. <clears throat> Let's see. But I grew up in a little Presbyterian church. Uh, whenever we went there on Wednesdays and Sunday nights, it was full of family. There was, you know, brothers, sisters, grandpas, grandmas, aunts, uncles, parents. It was just like a family reunion. And uh, as we went there, uh, I was still in my single digits, so didn't, didn't understand about the whole God thing and Jesus and this and that. Uh, I was one of those kids that grew up watching horror movies and things like that. Uh, you know, blood and guts everywhere and all the gore. And uh, them up there talking about the blood of Jesus and that going to wash me white as snow, I wasn't, I wasn't sure how to take that. And... Uh, <laughs> It just kind of was a bit confusing for the little kid, you know. But, uh, but anyways, uh, like I said, we were in church all the time as a kid. Uh, I remember going to revivals and things like that, stepping out of the Presbyterian church because it was just, you know, your wooden pews. You had the choir up there. Uh, things were a bit different than they are here, of course. Uh, Definitely got all the uh, amenities here, I would say. Uh, but, uh, but I do remember uh, having the fear of God and uh, just always knowing that there was something out there and having that fear of knowing, well, I don't want to go to the other place. I definitely want to make sure I'm on going through the pearly gates and not elsewhere. Uh, so as I, you know, ventured on through my childhood days, uh, there was an event that happened in 1990 that led, it was, uh, let's see, it, it was an event that, an incident that occurred that caused me and my family to come visit Church of the Harvest. Mom had uh, been here a few times with my aunt, uh, and then all of a sudden, this incident happened, and all of a sudden, we all came through the doors, and uh, the first time that we walked through, uh, I didn't know what to expect. My mom had kind of warned me. She said, it's, diff it's different than what you're used to. Uh, so, yes, it was definitely not a Presbyterian church. Uh, but now it was like, like Sister Rhonda said, or Pastor Rhonda had said, I was shy, so I sat back with my parents just with my, you know, my arms crossed and everything, just waiting to see what was going to happen. And as soon as the praise and worship team, with that first note, everybody's up on their feet, jumping up and down, and all this stuff, and I, I was kind of took back for a second 
But me being 16 year old, I was like, I like this. This is like being in a concert, just every time you walk through the door. And uh, it was an experience that I'd seen a little taste of, uh, didn't understand it. But at 16, it was a little more understanding. Uh, and I finally got the chance to uh, get a little bit of taste of that. And uh, of course, gave my heart to God. And uh, as I did that, as I grew closer, each one of those little elements would just pull me in closer. Uh, I understood what praise and worship was. I understood what, you know, praying and that relationship, just just building on that, just kept growing and growing. And uh, God was just, you know, there was meaning starting to come in my life. Uh, of course, I still was young, uh, didn't understand all of it, but that's where God come in and just try to slowly mold me, molding that clay. And uh, so as that went on, uh, one of my biggest things in high school was uh, just getting around the crowd that I, it seemed like all my friends were, you know, not going to church. They were doing worldly things and things like that. And it just, I would come in there to church and then go to school on Monday, and it was like I would just get drained just by being around them. And uh, it just, it, it pulled on me really hard because, you know, I'll just get it off my chest. I was one of those kids that was at the altar raising my hand every time Pastor Hank would say, has anybody got, you know, is anybody here need to get back closer to God? Yeah, I was that guy. I was the one always raising my hand and still do to this day, you know, if, if need be, you know, because God's continually working on us. We're not, we're not perfect. And uh, so if that is you raising your hand every week, don't think that's somebody pointing you out. That's just God working on you. And you do what you need to do because I'm going to do it too. So I'm right there with you. But, uh, but yes, like I said, 16, going back to school, uh, one of the biggest things was just cussing was one of my, I don't know, I just couldn't get away from it. It seemed like, and, and it, like I said, it was hard. You go back to, you'd, I'd come down to the altar, give it all to God, and I'd be like, yes. I'd go home like I'm a free man, go to school the next day, and all my friends are cussing. Guess what happens? You, you hang around it, guess what you're going to do? You're going to start cussing again. So guess what I did Wednesday? <laughs> yes, God, I'm back up here. So, uh, but anyways, like I said, God did finally free me of that. Uh, and uh, it, was just a, it was just a work in progress. And uh, I'm sure Pastor Rhonda wants me to tell you the story about how all this cussing thing come about. But, but uh, so anyways, when I was a kid, me and my cousins, we'd all go on, we'd go camping out or whatever, spend the night at some, one of their other's house, and there was three of us. And uh, anyways, we'd go out in the woods, and we'd be like, all right, 
here's what we're going to do. We're going to count to three. And that whenever I say three, we're all going to say a cuss word. That way nobody can get in trouble. And we're, we're all at the same thing. So here we go. One, two, three, cuss word. So now if one tells on the other, the other's getting in trouble. But, uh, but yes, God did deliver me of that. No more one, two, threes. But uh, <laughs> now, now I just count to ten to keep from doing it. You know, it's just so. Uh, but anyways, but yes, like uh, Pastor Rhonda said, I was a shy guy sitting on the back there with my parents. And we had uh, a youth pastor at the time, Steve Parker. And the way it worked back then is he sent his little disciples out, his little teenagers, and they would come out introducing themselves to the other teenagers. And they kept hounding me. Hey, would you like to come up here and sit in our section? Um, I would always say no. Well, eventually I did get into it. And I think that was just... God getting into me, I was getting into everything else, so, you know, God finally was working on me. Uh, once I finally got into that group and started hanging around godly influence and things like that, it wanted me, it caused me to want to be here every time the doors were open. Well, and that turned into Tuesday night teens, there was men's prayer. There was a Sunday night, Sunday morning, Wednesday night. Uh, and then, of course, our youth events on Fridays, volunteering for stuff on Saturdays. So pretty much we were here, or I was here, seven days a week. And it was, uh, but that's what God does. He wants you to get in these doors or get in the around people like you or the people you want to be like that's who you need to be hanging around uh, but as time went on you know the devil would st still try to pick at me just like he does today they, I mean the devil's not going to let give up the more you the closer you get to God the more the devil's going to try to come and attack at you so like I said, I was doing pretty good, uh, going to church almost seven days a week, you know, doing different things, drama and this and that. We was traveling with the church, uh, ministering in other places. Uh, but as that went on, I still struggled with the little simple things like cussing or this and that, listening to rock and roll music, uh, just, you know, those things feed, I, I didn't see it as a, I didn't see it as something that was affecting me that strong, but you figure day in and day out of listening to those little simple lyrics, if you start noticing, you can quote more of that than you can the Bible. So it kind of keeps, so yeah, I mean, that's one of those little, I'm not saying if you listen to it, you know, that that's your conviction. You let God work on that, uh, work on you with that. Uh, but that was just one of the things that kept hindering me. And I felt like it kept pulling me back and pulling me away from God. Uh, so as time went on, 
like I said, that was 1990 when we walked in the doors here. I graduated in 92. And of course, graduating high school, you go to work, get a job, that puts you around new influences. Some of those are good, some of those are bad. Uh, and starting to make money, that, that brings on a whole nother set of influences. But anyways, I kept, it seemed like I kept getting around people that were pulling me down instead of those that were lifting me up. Even though I was coming to church, those Monday through Friday work days or, you know, just certain friends were just, it was dragging me down. And uh, I couldn't seem to fight that off, no matter how many times I would go up to the altar and I felt like I was letting God down. And uh, it didn't, to me, it felt like no matter how many times I come up here, it was just whenever I go back to work that next day, it was the same old thing. They're, they're not particularly the devil, but those influence were just there to pull me down. So I guess around in my early 20s, I couldn't really tell you what age I was, whether it was 20, 21, 22. Uh, I finally got to the point, if I couldn't give it, give God 110%, I would just walk away, fix things myself, and then, you know, come back when I was ready to give God everything. Well, I will tell you right now, that's the hugest mistake you can make. Uh, I thought running away from God was a way to fix things. But truth be known, I should have been running to God and leaving it right there. That, that, was, that was where I went wrong. And that took me, that little mistake right there took me on a 20-year hiatus of running from God. Now, always the the key thing on this was is I'm so glad you know the little the incident I told you about in 1990 if that would have never happened I would have never got that taste of God that I got at 16 years old and if I would have never got that taste there's no telling where I would have been today because that's what brought me into the church and got that fire that set on, you know, inside me, and is what, even though I'd ran for 20 years, there was something burning inside me that I couldn't get away from. And uh, no matter what trouble or turmoil I was going through, I could still feel in there was something, you know, that, that was just me trying to fill a void, whether it be, you know, drugs or girls or drinking or whatever you know that was just me trying to look for that void of God's love that was inside of me you know I just couldn't get a hold of it and I couldn't figure out what it was missing but I was trying to search for it in the wrong places and uh, anyways getting back on track uh, The, the funny part is, or not funny, there ain't nothing funny about it, but 
that's just one of my key little sayings. But, uh, but one thing is, is like, I think this was the devil trying to lie to me too. Like every time I would get out drinking or I was trying different types of drugs or this or that, I know it was God inside of me that gave me the strength to walk away from those things. But I think it was also but I think also the devil would lie to me and say, You could walk away from those things on your own just to try to get me in another snare down the road because at the time I was not going to church. Uh I was not doing godly things, but God had his hand upon my life even though I was not doing the right things. And I think a lot of that was my praying mother uh, and, and my praying uh, aunts and grannies and, you know, those people that my mom was on the phone with ever, you know, every night I would go out, she was on the prayer, <laughs> prayer line, you know, and I'm like, but yes, very, very much. Thank you, Jesus. But... Uh, but those things, you know, I thank God that I did have a praying mom or do have a praying mom and those praying family members that just never gave up on me. Uh, no matter how much I gave up on myself through those years, that was just, you know, I thank God for that strong support. Even though I, and, and I think this is another God thing, that God opened up a relationship with me and my mom to where I could tell her anything. And I did tell her anything, probably a little too much. But when I told her those things, I think that just gave her ammunition for when she knelt down to pray, she knew exactly what to pray about. And there was no, uh, you know, there was no guessing at it. She knew exactly what to pray for. Uh, which leads me to another thing, you know, God is all about the details. You know, if you're praying for something, pray for those little specific details as well uh, because God cares about your, you know, your finest detail of everything or anything that you dream about or you dream of, you know, that you want. God listens to that. It may not happen tomorrow, but God always listens to those little things. And uh, just always keep in mind, it's not your timing. Because if God gave you everything you wanted right when you wanted it, it could cause failure just as easily as it could cause, you know, freedom. So just always keep that in mind. Just because it's not happening right now, God's got the plan, and he knows when the right time is. Uh, so let's see. So like I said, uh, during this 20-year hiatus, uh, I just, I thought the world had everything I, I wanted because I didn't, I was still young, didn't know better, didn't know what, I knew there was a void missing, but I didn't know what to look for to fill that. Uh, to me, 
drinking was a thing that I always turned to just because I was a shy guy. And it, I guess you've heard it said, liquid courage. It would give me a little bit of that liquid courage to open up and talk to people, you know, not necessarily looking for relationships or anything like that. It's just, it, it freed me up to talk with my friends or whatever. And I kind of, every time me and my friends would go out, I kind of had to have that alcoholic drink in my hand just as a, I don't know, I guess kind of a pillar just to keep myself held up. Uh, just uh, so I always call myself a social drinker. Just uh, I never would say I was an alcoholic, but if my friends wanted to go out and hang out, I would always have a beer in my hand. So technically, I guess I was in that sense as well an alcoholic. Uh, but those things, you know, the alcohol, the drugs, and the different things that I stepped into never gave me a clear vision of what I was actually seeing or doing and or being a part of, and uh, which led to wrong relationships, uh, wrong friendships, you know, just it led you around people you didn't need to be around, more or less. And uh, somewhere, I guess, I want to say it was around the year 2000, uh, we were out clubbing, uh, me and my friends just out being goofy and dumb. Uh, let me throw in a little side note here. Everything I say, <laughs> take note of that it is not, something you should do is something you should learn from and not to do because I, I don't endorse any of the things that I did to get me to where I am today. Uh, you know, we all have things that we struggle with. We all have things that God is working on us with. But, uh, you know, the things that I tell you today is just me speaking from my heart and me wanting you to learn from my mistakes and not not uh not as something that has given the devil glory uh but things that god has delivered me from but uh in in the year 2000 i'd went out clubbing and uh ended up meeting a lady and uh <clears throat> being fogged by the drugs and alcohol and things like that we thought that you know, everything was grand and everything was, you know, you know, we started talking. Uh, we were, uh, it was just one of those relationships that it moved very fast. Not that uh, I condone anything or, you know, speak against anything that moves fast because sometimes God is in the middle of that. Uh, for one instance, our marriage. Uh, but, uh, but, uh, you know, but there's a difference when God is in the middle of something and drugs and alcohol are in the middle of something. So that's just, uh, so this is where I went, one of the things I went wrong in is, uh, you know, we were both influenced by drugs, alcohol when we met. This is, um, 
my first wife I'm talking about. Uh, but, but how we met was in the club. Things started moving really fast. Uh, and it was funny, after a couple of weeks of talking, like I said, we were experimenting in drugs, alcohol, this and that. But we both were talking. It's like, do you really like doing that? The, these things? And I was like, no, I'm only doing it because you are. She said the same thing. So right then we both, you know, laid it all down. And uh, like I said, God not being the center of our relationship was really the hurtful thing. Uh, of course, we laid those things down and us meeting each other in those circumstances, we didn't really know each other. And after coming off of those things, still not being in our right mind because it takes time for those things to get out of your system. There's a, there's a period of time where your brain still has to get back to normal. Okay, so during that time, our brain's still getting back to normal. We decide that it'd be a good idea to get pregnant and have a kid. And uh, so during, the, during that time, about, I guess about after we decide to get pregnant, about three months after that, we decide to get married. Everything's going good. Then all of a sudden, Jada comes along. And uh, so, so it's not always bad things come out of things, just to let you know that too. But, uh, but uh, there definitely could have been different circumstances. If uh, It could have been a lot better if God was in the middle of things. Uh, but anyways, like I said, after us trying to come together as as one and our our mind still wasn't in the right process and then her getting pregnant and any of y'all that have kids or have had uh I know women go through things and during the pregnancy and the mind's not always there's a difference. <laughs> but but anyway but uh and that's not saying a bad thing i'm just saying there's hormones that you know are sometimes as bad as drugs i'm just i mean because, but but no it's uh <laughs> but no it's uh it's all good but uh anyways so after that uh jada comes along and finally after I guess about a year and a half, things just started going south because we were really getting to know each other. Like I said, after the everything had wore off, you know, we finally met each other after all this time. And that's, and who we were was not who we met. It's not who we thought we were marrying. And, uh, that's not saying anything bad on her or myself. It's just we didn't know each other, and that led into us getting a divorce. And uh, and once that happened, of course, there's a whole 
I guess depression, things like that hit. I turned back to alcohol, uh, just doing those stupid things and uh, just doing definitely not what God called me to do. Uh, but after, I guess, I guess you would say during those years, I definitely turned to a lot of different things. I turned to steroids because I thought that would help if I changed what I look like that would change my attitude toward myself and of course that didn't work the alcohol did not work I mean what I thought was helping me get out of my shyness was just really hurting me and getting me into more ugly situations Uh, the drugs and things like that it hindered my mind and you know it it made me think things were okay during those few hours that that drug was you know kicking in or whatever during that high but as soon as it would wear off or I'd wake up the next day I'm still the same person those things are you know it wasn't doing anything for me and after years of doing that running uh, you know, I kept feeling like God was, or not God. I knew there was still that void there, so I was trying to figure out what that was. And I guess around 2013, there, God started working on me. I'd actually got to the point of where I was questioning God's existence because I'd been out of the church for so long. I knew who God was. I knew right from wrong. I just, I guess because I fell so low that I started questioning if God was really there or not. And it kind of got me just I was just in one of those places where I knew something was missing. I needed to do something. And that's about the time God started working on me. I just I just didn't know it yet. Uh, and also, somewhere around 2013, this is a kind of a, a miracle in disguise. Uh, my voice had totally disappeared and I didn't know what was going on I'd went to doctors uh, I actually went to Nashville to to all the doctors that your country singers and all that go to uh, paid big money I was looking at this big surgery because my voice had disappeared I couldn't talk uh, I was doing good to get a whisper out I couldn't carry a conversation If you called me, I couldn't talk. I had to let it go to voicemail so I could text you back. Uh, Just because if I was to answer the phone, you thought I was on the bad connection because every other word was just cutting out. And uh, and tell you the truth, I think that was just God getting my attention, you know, wanting me to use my voice for Him because if you remember what I said at the first, cussing was one of my biggest struggles. 
Well, of course, when I ran from God, I went straight back to the cussing thing. Uh, and it wasn't just cussing here or there. It was like, that's the only way I could breathe. Every word was a cuss word, just to breathe. That's, that's what it felt like. Uh, so as I was going, I think that was just a way of God shutting my mouth, you know. If you're not going to use your voice for good, you know, uh, I'll take it from you. And uh, I didn't know that at the time, but as it pulled me away, or as, you know, that pulled me back into my shyness, kind of. I would sit at home. Uh, I wouldn't go out because if I did go out, you know, most environments are loud, and I couldn't talk with anybody because they couldn't hear what I said. So it just, it pushed me back. I think God, like I said, I think God was doing a work in me. I just didn't know it yet. So, and I guess the end of 2014, I'd started talking to a girl, and uh, I knew that I was wanting to get back into church, uh, because God was, you know, just throwing some things in front of me. I knew I had things I had to work on, but uh, I just needed to go, I needed to get back into church to do this. Uh, I'd started talking to a girl, and she was going to church, so I started visiting churches. Uh, so as I, as I was, at the time, I was going to South Cleveland. Uh, this is the church I'd started visiting. That's where mom and dad were going as well. And uh, I knew God had some things he had to work on me. I was still drinking a little bit here and there. Uh, the cussing thing, I was still trying to work on that. And just, I didn't know, you know, how to get out of my own problems. And uh, so I started talking to God, you know, he's working on me, doing his molding still. And this relationship I thought was going pretty decent. I thought it was something that, you know, God was putting together. And, uh, you know, we had even mentioned the word marriage and all these things. But uh, God had a different plan. And uh, thank God for those different plans. Uh, but that relationship, I get, um, it was somewhere around December of 2015, that relationship, uh, she pretty much walked away. And that was a God thing. Uh, of course, in every relationship, um, as well as I'm sure all y'all know, a relationship when it splits it there's a void there and you start you know wondering okay what do you got next God because I, I was back into church now so I knew but the funny thing was is instead of searching for someone else to fill that void or something else to fill that void turning back to my old ways of where I would turn to a beer or something like that, I turned strictly to God. Uh, and it was 
I guess December 1st, 2016, or not December 1st, January 1st, 2016, I had made a decision that God, I was giving everything to him. It didn't matter. I mean, relationship, there wasn't going to be no relationships. It's just me and him, and I was going to focus on my family, which was at the time me and Jada and mom and dad. And I was just going to, you know, it's me and God and family. And uh, that's exactly what I did. And that was a turning point in my life. And when I started doing that, that's when I really started hearing the voice of God and understanding what that was because I'd had a relationship before with God, but nowhere near to what this was about to turn into. Uh, once again, I found myself, every time the doors were open, I was in the church. Uh, at the time, it was, uh, I was still going to South Cleveland. Uh, I'd started visiting OCI, uh, had started visiting over there. And when I finally put that 110% back into God, I was in both of those doors every time they were open, whether it be OCI or South Cleveland. And uh, I just, I knew what it took to get back on track, and I knew, you know, where 20-something years before that, I had turned away from God to try to fix things. I knew exactly what the answer was this time, and that's run to the altar every time. Uh, and at the time, it was actually, you know, I was working on my relationship with God. I was at the altar every, every service. But the biggest thing then is I was trying to get God to fix my voice, you know, because I... I still couldn't talk, and I was trying to figure out what that was, or you know, I, you know, God, if if it is you trying to keep me quiet, now that I'm doing the things I should be, shouldn't I get my voice back? And uh, so that that was when God told me I needed to join the prayer team. He's like, if you're going to use your voice for good, you know. Join, well, actually, it was uh, join the greeting team. That way I'd be forced to talk to people and use my voice for good. So that opened up a door for the prayer team to open up at OCI. And uh, when that happened, I don't know if you've ever been to OCI or even a, a prayer service here. Most prayer services are not quiet. You can't just whisper and somebody hear you. You've got to talk loud. You've got to project your voice. So I'm sitting there thinking, God, you're going to have to work on this voice because there's no way it's going to project to where these people can hear me. Well, God did exactly that. It, was a, it wasn't over one service or one night, but it was over a, a series. It, it actually, I mean, it felt like months and years but God I mean you hear me now uh, that's God's miracle right there but uh, 
So anyways, after going through that, working on that relationship with God, God started showing me things. God started working on me in ways that I never knew he could. I, I truly had a, a real relationship with God. And uh, it's something I wish I'd grasped a hold of when I was 16 or 18 or 20 before I took that decision to run out those doors and I would have just stuck it out right here at the altar. But, you know, now, now looking back, you know, yeah, I can't change that. I would have if I could. But God brought me through a lot of things to show me a lot of things as well. And if God wouldn't have brought me through those things, I wouldn't have been able to minister to certain people that I, that only I can minister to. Uh, just given those instances of, you know, someone that's never been on drugs, it's hard to be a person not ever doing that and try to help them through that or help them, okay, here's, here's what you need to do, here's what to look for, you know, when you're coming off of them, this is what you look for. This is what you, you know, run this way, not that way. It's, uh, it's those little things like that that God will use you for in your testimony. Uh, but like I said, there was a, uh, but God was working on me, and there was a decision I had made, you know, and back when I was 16 years old, that was pulling me back to harvest. And I kept wanting to come back and visit, and I couldn't really figure out what that reason was, you know. I, I just, I knew there was a spark there, and I knew there was fire, and I knew that fire was still here. And uh, so me and Jada, we decided, you know, hey, let's go visit one Sunday. Uh, so here we go, we show up. I come into service, of course, meeting, greeting, and visiting with people I hadn't seen in many years, and, uh, you know, telling them what God's been doing in my life. They're telling me what God's been doing in their lives, and uh, just one thing led to another after that service there. It was funny because it wasn't just for me. I'll share a little bit of Jada's testimony now, but it wasn't just for me because God was doing a work in Jada as well. Uh, just so it happened there was an opening come up uh, because the young adult that was doing the children's ministry at the, or the nursery was getting ready to go off to college, and that opened the door for Jada to step into that, which... God had his own plan of why we needed to be here every Sunday and every Wednesday. And I just didn't know it yet, but now we do, don't we, Courtney? But, uh, <laughs> but anyways, but yes, God has his funny way of uh, doing things. And I'm not going to share much on that story because that's a story to come. Uh, uh, we're, we're going to have to share that 
in the near future sometime. But that that that's an awesome story as well. And I don't want to give too many of those clues away, so I'm just going to let that be. But uh, but yeah, God was doing something, and to tie all that together, you know, just when you think God's not listening to you, or, you know, is God even speaking to me, or is God, you know, is that God's voice I'm hearing, or is that just me wanting something, or, you know, this or that? Always trust with your heart those, I mean, if you're praying for something, know that God's listening. And when God starts talking to you, it's okay to question those things and wait for confirmation. You know, you don't always have to... Uh, Pastor Rhonda tells us, you know, some things God tells you in a dream or in, uh, you know, through another person. That person sometimes is not the person you expect to give you a confirmation or a... You know, it may just be a random stranger, but those little simple confirmation clicks, you know, to let you, that gives you that confirmation that God is listening to every word you say, every prayer you give. Um, But don't ever give up. Always, you know, just because it's not coming right now, right when you want it, that doesn't mean God isn't listening. That just means the timing's not right. And once that time comes and you see that, then you look back and say, thank God it didn't come right then. Or, I mean, because you, you may not be ready at that time and you can look back and see those things at a later date. Although it may not make perfect sense today, just trusting God and he'll make perfect sense through every situation.